1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson, go into the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking into a wide open touchdown. First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent
1: route. He'll hit immediately. He the handoff. He won it. Yes. <laughs> the q and Gosh. Thank you.
0: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is play like a jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At jet one And it is time to go over everything that happened Throughout the weekend Involving the draft All the news that came out of the draft And so for that we bring in our friend Who is the co-founder over at U-Stadium Mr. Nick Spano Nick, what's up brother?
1: Hey man, like wow What a great draft And things are, things are really looking up I mean we've been Talking for a while, a few years now, and it just never felt as you know positive as it does now. So it's uh it was really such a win for the Jets this weekend.
0: It feels strange that all the national media are praising the Jets like this. It doesn't happen very <laughs> often. Having all of these picks and being able to cash in on them, and we'll see if they work out because having picks that look good on paper and having picks that live up to the expectations are two different things. But having the media praise these picks and looking at them and realizing that if they hit the way that people think that they can, it could completely change the trajectory of the franchise is really a remarkable feeling as a Jets fan. And the other thing is, Nick, and I think this is very important to remember, Sam Darnold is one piece that helped them get to this point. Obviously, Chris Turned into a much lesser extent as well. But the main piece that really helped them get to this point where there's so much hope Is Jamal Adams Because Jamal Adams is the reason they have Elijah Vera Tucker Jamal Adams is the reason That they have Garrett Wilson And they wouldn't have been able to get These two very promising young players At important positions On cheap rookie deals Without dealing Jamal Adams to the Seattle Seahawks So the anatomy of the rebuild Really begins and ends with Jamal Adams but it's remarkable to watch how this team seems to be taking shape. And again, it all has to play out in reality. We can talk about this on paper all we want. But the trajectory, I don't know that I've seen Jets fans this excited, this optimistic in a really long time.
1: Yeah, I mean for sure. The 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 you know, what Douglas has been able to do with um those draft picks and, and picking five times in the first round in the past two years and two second-round picks on offense that you're really excited about Elijah Moore and now Brees Hall. Um, he's he's building it so different than what we're used to. You know, we're used to the safeties, the interior defensive line, these non-premium positions, Darren Lee at linebacker. Now it's like, look at what he's done in two years. He's taken a quarterback, two offensive linemen, a corner, a pass rusher, and you're what's you know now basically a premium position at a wide receiver – he's doing it the right way and he's not jeopardizing basically putting anything in the future or the the present, um, you know, at risk. And and financially they're set up so well, um, not obviously not picking uh, or not trading for a receiver while I'm sure there's some disappointment in it because you don't have that immediate star impact player. um, You do set yourself up financially for the next few years without having really any kind of big cap hits on the table and then financially moving on from some other veterans who may, whether it's health wise or, you know, just not living up to the deal can move on from guys that are aging and making enough uh, making too much money. And you're able to kind of spread that out too. So he's really, you know, set the team up to be competitive, not only this year, but going forward, both on the field and financially.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg.
1: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Nick, there was a lot that went into what happened over the last couple of days with the Jets and the selections. And I wanted to go through all of it. First of all, Sauce Gardner, all the misdirection. We heard about Kayvon Thibodeau. They liked him, then they didn't like him. Then we heard about McQuanu. There's no way they were going to pass on McQuanu. Then we heard about Jermaine Johnson. They were going to pick him at number four. We didn't hear as much buzz about Sauce Gardner until really the day of the draft is when people started to piece this together but it sounds like the Jets had more or less made their mind up on him several days before the draft as much as a week before, perhaps. Talk to me a little bit about what you found out here, because again, masterful move by Joe Douglas, managing to keep under wraps who they really wanted this whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean, we remember before when we were talking on draft day and even the week before, we were all trying to piece together what was going on and we've heard so many different things. And while some of them couldn't be true, they, they, you know, they liked Dickie and you know they liked Thibodeau and they liked other players. They liked sauce a lot more. <laughs> it seems like he was there, probably their second guy. I, I, would, I don't know. I would assume it would, it was Hutchinson and, and sauce and, you know, then you can kind of fill in the blanks after that, but um, it just seems they thought he was a blue chip prospect in this draft. And um, he was pretty much told, days maybe even weeks in advance like hey if you're there at four we're taking you um and then the jets just kind of sent out different smoke signals all over the place and uh linked icky and maybe icky was somewhat linked more by outsiders than he was insiders just kind of assuming that joe douglas is an offensive line guy so they wouldn't pass on him but um you know maybe there was some some smoke sent out by the jets but uh, it seemed like sauce was their guy. They knew it and they didn't want anybody else to know it. Cause I mean, you saw Houston, right? You're playing a little mm-hmm. bit of games and ship there. They, they went corner. So obviously sauce was you know, in the conversation and it seemed that they, uh, luckily for us, like Stingley a lot more than sauce.
0: Similar situation at number 10 with Garrett Wilson We kept hearing wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver Some people mentioned Garrett Wilson as the possible pick But it was more, well, he kind of fits the system It wasn't, I've heard that Joe Douglas really loves him What we heard over and over again was that the Jets love Drake London We've been hearing that ever since the Senior Bowl But in reality, it was always Garrett Wilson that they wanted It was always Garrett Wilson that they felt was the right guy To team with Elijah Moore and give to Zach Wilson as a weapon they had him as a top eight player on their board and they jumped at the chance to get him at number 10 so again misdirection here people thought they were going to go wide receiver because they were going after Debo Samuel and that was probably option number one if they could have gotten Debo, they would have but option number two was always going to be Garrett Wilson they let people think it was going to be Drake London in the end it doesn't matter because London went ahead of them anyway But one more time, Joe Douglas completely deceiving the media, completely deceiving the fans, and it worked out to his benefit.
1: Yeah, and then even Salah had mentioned that um, you know if Garrett Wilson wasn't there at ten, they would have taken you know Jermaine Johnson there. So um, it didn't seem like they were going to go with another receiver. So Wilson was probably their guy there at ten. And then you know if he wasn't there, then they would have maybe moved moved up or maybe taken one at thirty five. So who knows? what would have happened, but it did seem like, you know, it doesn't seem like they were going to even take Drake London. if he was there, it was either kind of Garrett Wilson or, or that was it at receiver. So he's a guy they obviously really, really like and they think can fit really well here. Um, I think he he's got a good head on his shoulder for New York. I think he can um, handle it and he's played in, you know, Drake London to me. And I think we, we talked about it. He was better suited for a, a warmer climate, whether it was an indoor dome or out West and, USC Garrett Wilson played at Ohio state. So he's played in elements and knows how to play in the cold weather and knows, um, you know, the system, seems like a much better fit in my opinion than, than a Drake London. Um, so it, it all worked out in the sense that it seemed like the jets got the three guys that they wanted, you know, they had high on their board and, um, it fell, it fell for them. And, and, you know, to their credit, they were aggressive too. So Wilson, um, I'm really excited about Wilson. I I liked him. He was always my 1A. I preferred if Jamison Williams was healthy, he would have gone prior to 10 anyway. So it wouldn't have mattered. You probably would have had to take him at four if you wanted him. Um, But that injury and just, you know, all other things considering, it just seemed like Wilson was the safer pick and, and the right pick for the Jets.
0: Then as far as Jermaine Johnson goes, we heard that he could be in play for the Jets at number four. That was never the case. They were never going to take him Mm -hmm. at four, and I never thought they would because I just didn't see the value there at four, and I didn't think that they would either, and they didn't. But as you said, if Garrett Wilson hadn't been there, Jermaine Johnson, who they said was also top eight on their board, would have been the pick. They really wanted him. They tried to trade up all the way to 15, and then every subsequent pick after that, they're lucky that Johnson continued to fall, and they were able to get him at 26. One more time, some misdirection by letting people think that they would pick him a lot higher than they were going to. Talk a little bit about this process too Because I know Jermaine Johnson really loved the Jets And he connected with Salah and Douglas And he told them, please come get me And they did, they went and traded for him In fact, he said that the Jets opened by telling him We've been trying to trade for you for the last hour what happened here with Jermaine Johnson, because the talk is that Jermaine Johnson was a player that was top 10 on a lot of boards, but he ended up sliding. And there are whispers that it was because of character concerns. I haven't been able to find out anything about what that actually entails. What do you know here?
1: Yeah, I think if it was character concern, you would have heard about it. I mean, there's there's nothing that the league does best, you know, than than dropping these uh, gossip stories, you know, weeks leading up to the to the draft. You know, so, you know, the smear was on, obviously, about Kayvon, and that didn't make him drop out of the top five. So I don't, I don't think it was anything character-wise. I think, you know, the age maybe played into it. And then when you start to fall, you know, other teams probably are sitting there, unless they're really in love with the player like it seemed the Jets were, um, you know, maybe they're questioning, well, if, if this team isn't taking him, then why? you know, what's going on. So there could be a little of that mystery. And um, other than that, I just, I haven't heard much about it. You know, maybe it's just a st- his style and uh, it's a, if it's a system fit or a scheme fit, um, I'm sure the age played into it. The, you know, the, 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 the um, obviously the college stuff when he, he, you know, was transferred out and, um, you know, the one year of really good production. So I'm sure it was just a mixture of things that teams were just, um, probably just a bit skeptical. And then the fall made other teams kind of scared out of it too. So um, I think it's just one of those situations where the Jets just got really lucky and to their credit, they were rewarded by, um, you know, being aggressive and going up for him. So um, they really didn't give up too much to to do it. So I think it really pulled the draft together in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was, you know, sitting there after the Garrett Wilson pick just a little bit disappointed about not landing Debo or um, you know, a pass rusher. And I'm like, man, if this, you know, if this guy Johnson, if he's still sitting there, like they have to trade up, like they got to go get this guy. They can't rely on, on Lawson and a bunch of, you know, decent kind of rotation players. We're just going to be in the same boat. And, you know, if you're taking Gardner there, it's like, well, you're not going to be able to get the full use of a guy like, you know, sauce Gardner without a little bit of pressure And, and the system needs a pass rusher. And, um, you know, lo and behold, they they go up and make the move and it just turns a what was a solid draft, obviously, with, you know, Gardner and Wilson into into a, you know, franchise changing kind of uh, fa- the way the fans feel about the team going forward completely changes with a move like like Johnson and then, you know, leading into day two, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, you know, you're just your whole outlook on on the team changes with moves like that.
0: Nick, we heard that the Jets were interested in adding a running back on day three, but instead they ended up going for arguably the top running back in the draft, Brees Hall. They tried to get into the first round to get him. I would assume they wanted that 50-year option. Instead, they wind up getting him at 36. They trade up a spot to jump the Houston Texans, who everybody assumed were going to take Brees Hall at number 37. I love this, and I talked about this on the show the other day. The best way to set Zach Wilson up for success is to have that level of running back. The example that I use is what Seattle did with Russell Wilson back when he came into the league. Marshawn Lynch would touch the ball 20 times a game. Wilson was only throwing the ball 25 times a game. It allowed him to develop because he could manage the game, didn't have to put too much on his shoulders, and eventually... He turned into one of the best quarterbacks in the league and really one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen with Zach Wilson, but I think having a running back like Brees Hall, who can do so many different things and who can carry the ball so many times and really be effective at wearing down the opposing defense and moving the chains and keeping the opposing offense off of the field, in addition to taking so much of the pressure. Off of Zach Wilson is enormous and I think it's going to do wonders for Wilson and for the offense as a whole I didn't think the Jets were going to take a running back that high but I was all for it I had said many times that whether it was CJ Spiller Brees Hall or even Kenneth Walker I wouldn't be against trading up from 69 or trading back from 38 to grab one of the top running backs in the draft wasn't sure they were going to go that route. They did. And I think that it's going to pay dividends. But it was definitely a surprise to a lot of people. What would you hear about this? Is this something they were planning all along? Or did they just see Hall still there and say, let's just go and get this guy. He's too good not to try and get on the team.
1: No, I think I think they were planning it for a while. And we, we just another maybe kind of slid under the radar without them knowing. They were they were targeting him for, for a while. Um, and I heard he was really a a really big favorite of, of LaFleur and the, and the, you know, the entire scouting department, he was a guy who they, you know, circled as a red star player. Again, you'll probably hear that come out in the uh, those videos that they do, the, the Jets one Jets drive. I don't know what they call it, but you know, one of those production videos they make, which are cool. Um, He was a guy who they had really as one of, if not the best playmaker in the draft um, behind the Garrett Wilson. Uh, I think, He's a guy they, they can see kind of just be the bell cow. You know, Michael Carter can be that, you know, 10 to 12 touch kind of guy again. But, um, you, know, you know, Brees Hall is going to be the, the guy. Um, and, and, you know, we're all big fans of Carter. He's awesome. You know, he's, he's a cool guy, a guy you want to root for. He loves the team. He loves being here. And I don't think he'll, you know, I'm sure he's a bit disappointed because he probably envisioned himself being a guy who was going to get all those touches. But I think in the long run it's better off – for the team and for him, that he's used a bit more sparingly um, because he would wear down. He, he needed a, a guy, who, like, even at UNC when they had Javonta Williams, like, that was a great combo, and, and they both did so much, and they both um, brought something new to the table or different to the table, and I think that's the same situation here. But um, they just wanted to add as many playmakers as possible, and they saw Hall as probably the best one or easily top five playmakers in this draft and didn't have to give too much to get him. Um, and you know, went up and, and made the move, and, and the Texans were were all in on getting Hall. He was definitely their pick there. So, um, to giving up just a fifth round pick that they were able to basically acquire for, I think it was Avery Williamson, like two years ago, who's out of the league now. And um, with the team, you know, making nine picks last year and having, I think it was three undrafted guys make the team, and this year adding another seven guys to the roster, they they were all about adding top level um, elite prospects in this draft rather than the, you know, they, they went more of the, the, the quantity last year. Um, this year was, is all about the quality of, of prospects in this draft with uh, obviously sauce, Wilson Johnson, and even Brees Hall, So uh, I think they just wanted another, you know, impact player on offense. And I think Brees hall can kind of complete the, the running back group and, um, you know, I know, we we mentioned a few guys, and you were talking about running back a lot more than I was. I thought it was just going to be something where they wanted to add a complimentary guy, um, and you were all about adding Isaiah Spiller. And I um, mean, you know, I think you mentioned Hall too, but I thought they were going to go the the Pierre Strong kind of route. Uh, unfortunately, he went to the Patriots because I, I like him a lot, but uh, hopefully he doesn't see the field there. Um, but you know, so they they wanted that that high impact guy, and, and they got it in Hall. Man, it was just a. You know, when they traded up two spots, I was I was curious. I was like, I know they don't like the Kobe Dean. I know they're really worried about him. He was off their board completely. Uh, what else could it have been? I thought it maybe it would have been a linebacker like Chad Muma because I know they liked him a lot. Um, so I thought that was the pick. But then I was like, you know what, all things I heard all offseason is they're just really not as focused as maybe fans think they are in the linebacker spot or worried, I should say, um, even though I think they should be. Uh, so I was like, you know, part of me was like, I don't think it's a linebacker. And then everything kind of like, well, shit, Brees Hall is on the board. You know, It makes total sense. So um, I thought it was just a, a very uh, exciting move. You know, he just brings so much more. He reminds me a lot of Jonathan Taylor. You know, don't think of Jonathan Taylor now, the the best running back in the game. I'm thinking, you know, the, the guy coming out of college, he, he's so similar to him. He can carry the ball. He's a three-down guy. Um I I love his game. So it's just a really good fit for this offense. And he's a guy, you know, you you make one cut, he's he's running downhill, he's gone. So they didn't really have that in in the backfield for a while now. Um, So he brings a new element to the offense that they desperately needed. Nick, winners,
0: losers, surprise picks, guys that were the best value. What were some of your takeaways in those departments?
1: I thought the Ravens absolutely crushed it. And, And, you know, I was talking with our buddy Splash, who does a lot of the content stuff with us here at U stadium who's, who's done some hosting with you a uh, big Ravens fan. <clears throat> you know, I was talking to him and even after the Ravens signed um, Marcus Williams, I, I wasn't the highest on Kyle Hamilton. You know, I mentioned on, on the show here I mentioned, you know, at U stadium, how this guy is not going to get drafted in the top 10. Um, he's not, he definitely not a top five guy. Uh, there was concerns with him. I think there was one spot, one team he could go to, where he could be a huge difference maker, and that was the Ravens. Um, even with, you know, you don't have to have him do that, that you know, all the rangy things, the coverage stuff, you know, where, where you're asking him to, to rely on speed and athleticism, because that's not really where I see m- most of his value. What they're going to do with him is going to be kind of the jack of all trades and, um, you know, play on some tight ends and just kind of make plays in, in Baltimore. I think that was such a huge uh, pick up for them. And it just seems like they were, you know, adding really good college football players that translate to the next level. Obviously with Tyler Linder- Linderbaum, who I love, um, Travis Jones from UConn. So I just, every move they made, I was just like, damn, the Ravens are good at this, you know? So I thought they, they killed it. Um, I thought the Patriots, no, you know, no, you know, no uh, bias here. Yeah, I thought their draft absolutely sucked. And, uh, and it's not that I don't like, Cole strange. I was actually more mad about that pick because they got him, you know, not that they got him, but like they got him so early. And and I wanted the jets to get him in like the third round. So I was like, I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, they're picking this guy now. Like I wanted him back here. It's a terrible pick, you know, in the third round, I, w- I would have loved that to, to have him. So um, then they, they go and they make two more kind of questionable p- questionable picks. And I thought their draft was pretty terrible. Um, I liked what the Texans did on day two a lot, uh, adding Mechie, Christian Harris. Uh, I thought I thought they had a uh, Jalen Petrie, who's kind of like the Tyron Matthew, who obviously was with Houston and, and played well for them. Um, I liked I like their draft. I obviously didn't love Stingley, um, but kind of putting the entire draft together, I like what they did. Obviously, the Cole Strange pick as a whole, uh, you know, in the first round, I, I didn't love, but. I liked, you know, for what the Panthers had, I think they, they had a solid draft getting icky and Matt Corral's in the third round. I know there was some question marks that really kind of came about and went public about him, but I think, you know, I think if he's, I think he's going to play at some point this year, it's not going to be Darnold the whole year. And it's definitely not going to be PJ Walker. Um, I love what the Eagles did. Um, Jordan Davis trading for AJ Brown. I thought their, their UDFA class has been really strong. Mario Goodwich. uh, uh, Josh Joby from Alabama, uh, even Carson Strong. They signed a few uh, two linemen that are probably going to make the team. Um, they drafted uh, Cam Jurgens, who I love. So I thought the Eagles did a really good job. Did a really good job, and um, the Lions. They got two of my favorite guys in Hutchinson and Jamison Williams. So uh, off the top of my head, those those few teams kind of you know stand out to me, and um, I thought the giants had a great day one with Thibodeau and Evan Neal, but you know, the more I thought about it and then saw the, the follow-up moves with the lineman from UNC and then taking Wandale Robinson, who I liked, but in the second round, similar to similar to Cole strange, I thought I liked the player. I don't like where he was picked, you know, that early. Um, I thought Wandale was like a day three guy and to go at the top of the second or, you know, towards the middle of the second was a, a little bit too, too high there. Um, you know, so I, I liked their first day, but it was almost like he couldn't you know, uh the Giants couldn't have messed that one up. It kind of fell to them. And it was almost like the whole uh you know, when McCagnan was like, Oh, we keep getting lucky and these guys are falling to us. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, anybody could have made that pick. So I kind of you know, the more I sat back and thought about the Giants, I was like, Well, their their day one was almost like, you, know, you could have put auto pick on like you do in fantasy sometimes when you're not there. Um, you could have put auto picked on, and they had ended up with Thibodeau and Evan Neal. But you know, when it came down to like value and, and you know picking some players, where it got a little bit tougher, I thought their their complete draft as a whole. Um, I do like Darian Beavers. I think they got late was a pretty solid pick. But other than that, I didn't really love the rest of their draft. Nick, what's going
0: on with Justin Ross? He went on drafted, one of the best receivers in the country a couple of years ago. Actually he was productive this year. I know he had bad medicals, but I'm stunned that somebody didn't take a shot at the receiver out of Clemson. Also, any draft nuggets that <coughs> you've got left over that you want to share any kind of information that's interesting now that the draft
1: process is over? Yeah, the Ross thing, it's I mean it's just it's got to be the medicals, right? It's like the guy is 6'4, 205 um, was at a point was the best receiver in the nation uh, looked to be a top 10 pick at some point. Then just the, 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 the terrible injury, I believe what was like a neck or like a, a spinal injury or something. And then it led to some other injury. So uh, to me, it's gotta be that. I mean, th- the fact that he hasn't even signed a UDFA deal or gotten an invite to a camp is just shocking. Um, a draft nugget that I heard that was really interesting, um, and I hate doing this because it's like you're you're like, well, shit, like I didn't know about that. I didn't want to know about that. It was uh, center Donovan West who went undrafted? Uh, there was, I believe, four or five teams that were really interested in him, and the Jets were one of them. And he ended up signing, got you know, I think upwards of like a hundred and twenty thousand in guarantees to sign with the Niners. Um, would have been an interesting, you know, would have been an interesting sign here. Like, could have at least, you know, provided some depth. Maybe even pushed to, to play. Um, I don't know why he went undrafted. I know there were some some worries about his his game and, and tape and whatnot. But um, <clears throat> the Niners do have a hole at center. That I'm not sure if Alex Mack is gonna is gonna return or not. Um, so potential for him to actually go in there, and make the team, and even push to play. But obviously, getting ahead of ourselves here. But that was uh, an interesting story because the Jets did have interest. Obviously, not having any picks after the fourth round, um, I thought they would have been a little bit more active in the undrafted mark. I know they, I like they like um, Tony Jones. The I'm sorry, Tony Adams from uh, Illinois, Illinois a defensive back, kind of safety corner hybrid. Um, they paid him some pretty good guaranteed money too. And that's when you're talking about undrafted free agency. There's so many parts to it, but you know, follow the money, which. Again, it's probably a, a good uh, motto to live by in anything with sports. Um, but follow the guarantees. You usually see how teams feel about a guy or how the league does based on you know the guaranteed money he gets to sign somewhere in UDFA Because you know if he's a guy who's just you know has a long shot to make the team and he's not getting paid much, you know there's probably unless he comes in and just you know blows the door off of off of you know camp and whatnot, he's not going to make the team. But when you're you know similar to <clears throat> Isaiah Dunn last year for the Jets he didn't wow really anybody too much in camp he didn't great have a great preseason but they paid him a pretty good amount of money to come to the team because they liked him thought he was a development de- developmental piece and you know he's still on the roster and he's probably going to make the team again we'll see um, but you know uh, Adams they gave a pretty good amount of guaranteed money to so they they think obviously pretty highly of him so someone to watch um, but other than that they're UDFA class wasn't as uh, highlighted, I guess you could say, as the past few years. You know, if if that gets you excited, um, I like it. It's it's I don't know. It's a cool kind of wrap up to the draft because the sixth and seventh round gets a little boring. So the you know the UDFA period injects some you know some some life into the end of the you know the draft, the eighth round. Um, so uh, around around the draft, I know. You know the Malik Willis thing is interesting. I thought he would have been drafted a lot higher. Uh, obviously, we were talking about as high as two to the Lions at a point, and he fell into the third round with the Titans. I think that's such a great pick. I think he's such a good kid and and has so much talent. And um, you know the the AJ Brown thing sucks. And you know I'm sure we're we're all pretty surprised by that. I know Mike Frabel is really not happy about that. So. Um, you know, that was more of an organizational ownership kind of move. They just felt that, you know, they were never really going to see eye to eye on a contract. They didn't feel good about paying him uh, anything above $20 million a year, just an organizational philosophy. And AJ Brown obviously felt he can get it elsewhere and obviously did. You know, we got $25 million basically per year from the Eagles. And, um, you know, getting a first rounder uh, back at that time where they felt – Um, that they, it felt good enough about Traylon Burks and, you know, his ability to at least give you 70% of what AJ Brown does. Uh, so they, they pulled the trigger then. And, um, he, I did find out that the jets had some interest in him, not as much as you would think. And there was no interest on AJ Brown's part to, to come and sign a long-term deal here. So I don't think that ever really went anywhere. Um, so that was more of a, a pipe dream for sure. So, you know, the Debo thing was definitely a lot closer and further down the line than any of the other guys. And, you know, there was a point, <clears throat> I don't know if, I don't know if it ever got to where, you know, Tony Pauline reported it, but there was a, a period, a small period, I think it was maybe Wednesday night where they felt, you know, they almost felt that they were going get, to get Debo. Um, just, you know, they thought that their offer of the 10 and, and a swap, was a good offer, a strong offer, obviously the value of the 13th overall. Um, but, you know, San Fran wanted more. They, they they weren't interested in the swap. You know, so if, if it was, you know, maybe if it was just 10, it could have gotten done, but the Jets were adamant about a pick swap and um, they felt that that was fair enough value. And obviously it, it wasn't enough for San Fran, but I wouldn't rule out Debo getting traded for sure. I think he's really dug in on it. I know the Niners have no... No desire to do it, and they really want a lot of value in return. They, they feel he's worth more than what other teams have given up just because of his age and what he can do in the pass and run game. Um, so I think he has a shot to get traded, you know, for future picks, but um, it won't be with the Jets. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets do add a receiver at some point, at least some veteran help. Um, but, you know, other than that, it was uh, – it felt a little like a bit of a weird draft i think you know we were all ready for it to be kind of weird and not knowing where the, how the top five would fall um played into it no no quarterback obviously just picket drafted in the first two rounds uh kind of played into it too so it was it was interesting the jets had a great day great two days um, solid day three and um i mean man we were just the, the team is just much better than it was six weeks ago. Nick
0: Spano, co-founder of U-Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about everything that went down in the draft and doing a post-mortem with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to be up to date with everything that continues to go on because we know that the NFL is 24-7, 365, the wheels never stop turning. You want to be up to date with everything that's happening. They've got to download the app and they want to take part in the takes feature because that could make them some money.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have uh, still that third wave of free agency starting, and there's some pretty good players left out there. If you have a uh, a prediction that the Jets are going to go out and sign Tyron Matthew, go post a take on the app, throw some points on it, uh, let people vote, and based on the outcome of that take, you'll be rewarded points, and you can cash those out. So, if you want to try it and you haven't got into it yet, and you want some points, I will send you over some. So just DM us at U Stadium and give us your username. We'll send you that over. Um, turn those notifications on. I mean, takes will be running throughout obviously all off season, other sports, other things going on. I mean, there's some, uh, you know, random takes about non-sports things up there. So if that's of interest to you and you want to kind of create your own odds on stuff, go ahead and do it. So, um, definitely check the app out, download it, uh, turn the notifications on because, Um, Like scott said uh, the nfl really never sleeps. You got the schedule release coming out. Are you excited about that?
0: I'm more excited about when (laughs) the actual games start than the schedule because we know (laughs) who they're playing But we just don't know when the games are happening But that will be the next big thing on the nfl calendar and if you want to be up to date with that and everything else make sure that you download the app and take part in the takes feature and Be sure to visit us over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under Luke Grant has got some great all-22 breakdowns of all three of the Jets' first-round picks. There's going to be some all-22 up of the other Jets' picks, including Brees Hall, who we talked about, the running back out of Iowa State. So watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, TeePublic.com. That's TeePublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. TeePublic.com. That's TeePublic.com.
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.